I'm Mo Saeed, and I'm the host of Lost and Found, an audio series that explores where we get our creative inspiration, how we lose it, and how we find it once again. Today's guest is Alfred Maraguin, a filmmaker in the music industry. He lives in New York. Alfred has accomplished so much in his short time as a director and worked with so many global artists like Bad Bunny, Billie Eilish, Rosalia, just to name a few. In this conversation, Alfred and I are going to cover his creative process and how he's grown up in the industry. We dive into how his identity shows up in his work, his love for collaboration, and whenever he loses inspiration, how he fully leans into it to discover something completely new. Let's welcome Alfred to Lost and Found. Alfred, I have already done the homework and I know about you, but I would love that could you drop a little quick intro of who you are, where you're from, and however you would introduce yourself. Totally, totally. My name's Alfred and I'm a director. I work a lot on music videos, commercials, short films. And yeah, I live in New York City, have lived here for the last nine, almost 10 years, originally from New Jersey. You're about to be a New Yorker. I mean, you're from New Jersey, so you're kind of born a New Yorker-ish. See, that's right that's the, that's always the conversation I have with people. It's like, do tri-state people count? I always get the probably no, but I'm from like 30 minutes away from New York. And I, I feel like that counts. Okay, good, good, good. Growing up in here, I used to say like 10 years makes you a New Yorker. That's insane. Like, I feel like I'm a New Yorker right now. And yeah. I just hit 10 this summer. Oh, wow. And people were like, does it feel like it? I was like, now it doesn't matter to me. Then people are like, cool, congrats, you're a New Yorker. I guess being a New Yorker is completely being jaded and not caring about any of this. Totally, totally. And I feel like I always want to sort of like reach the point where I've lived here more than I've lived anywhere else in my life. Have yeah. you hit that yet? No, 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 no. Okay. Not yet, not yet. Waiting, waiting for the day. But yeah, I feel like I've done a lot of my growing in New York. Yeah. It's yeah, shaped yeah, yeah. a lot of who I am and it's shaped a lot of the work that I make. How do you think so? Like, how has New York shaped you in your creative career? I don't know. I just remember those sort of like train rides when I would do an internship here in the city. And I just always sort of felt like this was a place where you can be yourself. It's just interesting to me. It's a place where it's filled with so many people. You can be so anonymous here too. Yeah. You said you just moved from Williamsburg to Lower East Side. Yeah, I moved to Williamsburg when I got my first job here in the city and I first started working. And I lived there for five years and now I've lived in the Lower East Side for like four, um, almost five years. I just moved to Williamsburg uh, like a year and a half ago from Lower East Side. So I just did the opposite thing. <laughs> you know, I love that you said like in New York, you feel so anonymous. And also in New York, you can just be completely yourself. Do you think that's different in di different neighborhoods? Like, did you feel different levels of that in Williamsburg versus Lower East Side? No, I feel like all boroughs are equally. I mean, Williamsburg is such a unique and special place. When I moved there, it was undergoing so much change. And I just feel like the Williamsburg that's there now has sort of also changed so much from when I yeah. was there. It's evolving and changing. No, I feel like it's the case for sort of anywhere you are. How important is that in developing your creative voice or creative career or whatever, that you can be yourself? In what ways have you slowly peeled the New Jersey onion layer back to find like, okay, <laughs> this is this is what I am. Is there like certain things that come to mind? I don't know. There's so much culture here. There's so many new experiences. There's something going on every single date here. Every year I'm here, I fall more and more in love with the city. Mm. It's it's and it's so it's I love it so so much. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll be here forever? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I love that question because like when you ask that question to people in New York and mostly people are like, I don't know, we'll see, maybe, I think so. 
And it's like nobody commits to New York just like nobody commits in New York. Like everyone's so non-committal about plans, relationships and everything. And that's such a New York thing to be like, I don't know, man, I've been here 30 years, but anything could happen at this point. See, and that's sort of the reality with anything in life. It's just sort of like you're aware that things can change from today to tomorrow. And it's like, if it were up to me, of course, I'd stay here forever. But then you just never know where sort of life will take you. So many beautiful places in the world. Alfred, when did you move to the city? I moved here when I was 23. I had just graduated college. I was working this place called Box Media. It's grown into like a big, huge thing now. And that was my first job. It was when they were still a startup. I started there as an assistant editor. And then I moved up to become an editor. And then I started directing some small stuff there. That was my first sort of like real, like grown up experience working. And it's shaped a lot of who I am as well. Having to start as an editor really just sort of informs the way you direct as well. I've learned so much from working there. And it's stuff that I still apply to this day. Even just the way I organize my folders, I still think it's because of the way I learned it at Box. You know what's so fascinating? You've worked with such incredible people. You worked with Bad Bunny and Billy Eilish and all these people and done work with them. And you didn't go to film school. I did go to film school, actually. Okay. I don't really talk about it a lot, which is probably why you don't know. Did you find value in it? I did. And then I didn't. I don't think you have to go to school to do what I do. I really don't. There are so many filmmakers that are so talented and wonderful and are even better than me who did not go to film school. So it's, I don't always sort of advocate you have to go to film school to learn. Um, I think a lot of people can learn sort of like everyday life and just buying a camera and just doing your thing. What I love is like, it feels when you're fresh out of school, you know, it feels like, oh, getting an assistant editor job at Box feels like not the right way to learn this thing. Like I need to be on a film set and I need to be on this place. (laughs) It feels like you have broken all of that and just gone from like, oh, I'm going to start editing these videos and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. You don't see that every day. I've always been a natural sort of like hustler and like, I always wanted to be doing something. So I knew that even though it's not where I wanted to end up, I knew it was a door open. Mm -hmm. And at that point, just graduating film school, like I always feel like we look back at our work before, like I just look at my work from last year and I'm like, I hate all of it. And I hate, I continue (laughs) to hate everything that I make after I make it. But like someone also took a chance on me, even though I was just assistant editing, like I didn't have any sort of work that showed to be something of quality or whatever. And I really appreciated that. And it helped me work much harder. You had these two qualities that I feel like almost every great creative person I've ever met has is this insane amount of gratitude for whatever's happened. But then also this insatiable, oh, I've done that already. Now I need to do something else. That I've done that already. Now I need to do something else. It's positive because it keeps you going. But is there like a negative side to it too that basically doesn't let you be happy during the process? I mean, I feel like that's always sort of like the narrative I tell myself. It's just like, oh, great. Now I'm moving on, working on something else. It's difficult. I mean, we live in such like an age where like Instagram has turned into like this thing where I have to post and I have to post my work. I would love to not have anything, truly. I just posted something yesterday and it was this thing Michaela Cole said. It was just about visibility has just all of a sudden been equated to like success and always feeling the need to like put stuff out and being visible and seeing what you're up to. It's so stifling. I unfortunately do have to post my work because it it gets me more work. How's it stifling to talk to me about that? I don't know. I feel like I want to create stuff and it's sort of just like when you post it, 
art is so interesting in the way of like how many people have an opinion on it, whether it's good or not good. I'm also very self-critical of my work. You said you came to our gallery the other day. Yeah. And I like, I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of everyone who worked on that. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. So I didn't invite any of my friends. I do that too. If I ever have something, I don't invite, I don't tell anyone until I sort of like see if it's any sort of like good or not. Yeah. Also, this visibility thing is so interesting because it's constant because even when it's made, he's like, ah, fuck, I gotta post this. I really hope the post is right. I really hope I say the right things and I don't sound like an asshole. And also everyone who responds says amazing things about it. And it becomes its own like another creation that you have to do and you're just like, hey, look at the creation that I did make. Isn't that cool? Just like let that run. Let that have its whole life. Yeah. And like with social media also, it's just like if you don't think every single person that worked, people get offended. It just becomes a big thing. You got a lot of success and you got a lot of notoriety and people started watching. Has that ever affected you negatively creatively where you're like, oh, I can't create anymore because people are watching now or like some success hits and like, oh, now I got to do something. Is that ever creatively cycling this noticeability thing? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I have a little bit of an audience of people that watch my work. I don't think that part is stifling because you sort of just have to do it. Like I, I, I would not be sort of like happy in my life if I'm not doing what I do. So it's sort of just that like you sort of got to like mute the noise a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it sort of just helps you create as well. It sucks for creatives that aren't performers. And this time right now kind of just forces all creatives to be a little bit of a performer. And right. if you're not comfortable with that, if you're like, hey, I just like being behind the camera and that's where I'm most comfortable or like playing the drums or whatever it is, it's so unnatural. And do you ever start beating yourself up about a post that you've done about your work? No, I mean, anything that I've posted, I've just been like, all right, I like it, whatever, put it out. If I have to beat myself up about it, I'm not posting. I, I haven't posted right. a lot of the things, you know, it's, it's right. some things come out to be a certain way. Some things don't. I mean, it really just depends on also the artists that you work with. Like I do a lot of music videos. Less now, I've become a little bit pickier just in the sense of what kind of music I'm attracted to and what kind of artist I'm interested yeah. in working with. But artists have their own vision as well in terms of like where they want to take things. And usually when it aligns, it's like the best thing in the world. You feel the happiest. But sometimes along the way, it doesn't. And it's sometimes unfortunate. So you yeah. see things a certain way and they see things a certain way. And, you know, the end result maybe isn't what you thought it could be. But yeah, I mean, that sort of thing becomes a part of their work too. It's, I mean, musicians are so interesting in the sense of they're sometimes some of the most vulnerable people in the sense of their music and how they write and what they write. So I cannot put a value on that as well. You get to work with so many different kinds of people, like set designers and musicians and writers. Is there like a type of creative that you're just fascinated with? I think cinematographers, the way they sort of see things. Recently, I've started photographing more. I've been sort of really investing my time and money into gear and stuff and just really started photographing stuff. And a lot of the the last campaigns that I've done, I've always sort of just been envious of the cinematography and the sort of just technical language that you have. These are the people that are communicating to the gaffers. And it's all sort of like comes through sort of what I see the end result to be. And it gets filtered through all these different people. And they have a sort of unique vision. I have a wonderful collaborator, Mika, who I've worked a lot with, who has really changed the way I see things. 
Mm. He's been so instrumental in showing me stuff and guiding me. I thank him a lot for opening doors for me to see things in different ways. Sometimes we get stuck in like, oh, I think this should be this. When you meet a collaborator who helps and informs and sort of just allows you to see things in different ways that you probably wouldn't have thought of before and allows it to be a conversation, I think can be one of the most beautiful things. You have this gift, right? First of all, your work is incredible. It's just the, it's just this style of work that I don't know if I could, if I have an 800 page paper, I'll probably write about it, but I can't even describe it. The coolest people in the world are like the people you can't fully describe using other people. And I feel like that about you. Like, I don't know how I would start describing you or your work. And I say that in the best possible way. You have this gift of like translating the world into these beautiful things. Do you ever lose that gift? Have you ever like gotten into a rut or period of time where you're like, I just didn't either have it. I wasn't inspired doing it. Is there a time that's ever affected you like that? Yeah, I mean, after every single project, I think, will I ever have a good idea again? I'm done. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I think that's my last one. I'm always sort of just like a person who thinks, will I ever be inspired again? Mm. It's something that I always think about. I'm kind of going through it right now, to be completely honest with you. I just finished a commercial and I'm just mulling through which music videos to do. I'm thinking about doing another commercial, but it's just like, I'm not really inspired right now. And I think those are the times when I just really have to lean into it. And it's a time when I really just like sit by myself and go through photo books and read and watch stuff. I just saw this beautiful movie called The Fire of Love about a couple who studies volcanoes. And it was just the most beautiful thing I've seen. And it's just about immersing yourself in art that other people make as well. And I think that sort of continues to drive me and gets me out of whenever I feel creatively stifled or burnt out or whatever the case may be. And also it's like when briefs come in for me, when a song comes in, when it's an artist I love, the songs can inspire me as well. It leads me into mm. thinking something else. That's why I sort of mentioned the collaboration with myself and the cinematographer. You could have your own set of ideas, right? But it can only just be your set of ideas versus collaborating with other people. is sort of like the key to make your work even better, I think. And I think that's what it is with my cinematographers, with production designers, and with the artists themselves. They had a yeah. certain idea when they created the song or when they produced it. It all sort of informs each other. Are you still in that space right now that you're like, eh, maybe I'll never fucking get an idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly in that space, Mo. Constantly in that space. Are you aware of that? And you, are you aware of how, oh, yeah. how dumb yeah. it is? Or are you aware? Or are you not aware of that? And you're like, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, possible. no. I think it's the most rational thing. I think maybe I'll never do anything again. How do you treat that? I know you said inspiration. It really just sort of leads to that. The inspiration sort of like leads you out of it, to be completely honest with you. That's the realest answer, I think, for me. Today, this morning, I went through three photo books that I really loved and I noticed something new and I noticed some new framing. And it's just like constantly doing that, I think helps sort of inspire you. It's all waves to be, to be completely honest. It's all waves. Is there anything besides looking through work that you do? Is it like certain things that you do to take care of yourself or like certain things that you do to remind yourself that this is just a phase? Yeah, I mean, I bike ride a lot. I think mm. exercise and getting outside, I think really just helps because then for like a bike ride, I literally just put some headphones on and completely mute the New York City noise and go on the West Side Highway and just bike up and down and just listen to music. 
listen to podcasts and it just really allows me to sort of also see the city in like a new way too. I've lived here for yeah. the last nine years, I told you, and every day I discover something new. It's crazy and cheesy as that sounds. I really do. And that's sort of why I love living here is because I do think it makes my work better and it allows me to see things in like a new way versus if I was somewhere else. I tell that to people all the time when people are like, is there a book that you're reading? What do you do for inspiration? I'm like, have you ever lived in Chinatown before? <laughs> you just walk outside, you just go outside your brain gets destroyed by 800 references immediately. Yeah. And then you come home and you're like, I have so much in my bag now that I can give you. It's an insane mood board to be living through. Exactly. That's exactly it. Do you see a pattern between the people and collaborators and projects that you pick? Yeah. I mean, just to single, I think Bad Bunny to me was the biggest dream I had. That's like, I'm a kid from Jersey. I'm Puerto Rican. We didn't see a lot of ourselves. And I'm sure you as well didn't see a lot of yourself growing up. Yeah. So to me, Bad Bunny has just all of a sudden become like one of the biggest pop stars there is, breaking all these sort of records. And that to me is sort of just like, why do what I do? He's opened so many doors and in that allowed me to go through one and hopefully I'll open doors for other people. But yeah, I think that's sort of what it comes You've down You've worked with pretty much like every <laughs> Spanish artist that I can hope to someday meet. <laughs> Rosalia, J Balvin, Bad Bunny, like you had, like I look at this list and I'm like, damn, if any Spanish creatives, you're, a, you know, you're their yeah. dream person to be. Yeah. I mean, I've been so lucky in being able to work with these wonderful, talented artists. And I think a lot of the work that I've done, especially within like the reggaeton genre with like, with Balvin, with Rosalia's partner, which is Rao, I think has been changing the way American audiences see those kind of videos. I feel like mm. there were always just sort of like a certain way those videos are made. They weren't bad, but they weren't, they weren't cinematic. They weren't this, they weren't, yeah. like, there were so many different elements missing within those videos that I wanted to change a little bit. And I'd always sort of like lead that conversation with them. of like, Hey, I want to make something different. I want to do this. I want to do right. that. Are they always open to that? Yeah, totally, totally. And if they weren't, then it maybe isn't a match. I don't just want to make something that other people have made. Like, I want to bring a new perspective. Alfred, that's such an interesting thing because if I were to direct a Bollywood song and say, like, I want to change these things. I grew up watching these things, but I want to change these things. There is a lot of cultural difference. Like, if you yep. go to Colombia, posting a picture of your watch on top of your steering wheel that has a steering wheel logo is like, not an asshole thing to do at all. That's like a normal part of like, I'm hosting this thing today. And that's culture. When you bring an artist like that, when you bring Balvin or you bring Bad Bunny from a culture that's completely different and the music videos have been done a different way for a hundred years and the music is done different a hundred years and there's certain references that American audiences might not get or misconstrue like, wow, that's whatever. That's this guy doing this, like Colombians being Colombian again. That's a big, weird responsibility is there a lens that you put that through and saying like, oh, these are the things that people are just not going to understand or misconstrue? Or, or is it just like you're cooking up our own third dimension world? It really just sort of depends. In thinking about your sort of like watch scenario, I remember like a conversation I had with Jose, with J Balvin, and we were talking just about videos and like who makes what or whatever, or like what people post. And he's a kid who didn't come from much from Colombia. And he was shooting like a video in Colombia and 
I think there were just like these beautiful sports cars there. And he remembers someone took a video and was just like, he deserves it. This is a person who's worked mm. hard for mm-hmm. everything that he's had. Like he deserves it. He's also not a person who flaunts a lot of stuff. And I think that's mm. sort of beautiful as well. I feel like artists are also changing the music that they create. What I love most about even Rosalia, who I've worked with before, she's not a Latino. She's Spanish. She's from Spain. She's European. But within that, she creates Latin music, which I think is so, so beautiful. She's able to sort of like bend genres with this song she has, Saoko. She's able to introduce jazz into it as well. She's worked a lot with bachata music, with salsa. She's doing reggaeton now and still introducing part of herself into it, the sort of flamenco-inspired music, which I think is the most beautiful. I love when artists are doing that. And that's sort of what I want to do with video in itself and introducing sort of different ways that other people have seen something and just introducing that within sort of the music video dance. Do you feel Puerto Rican? Do you feel like a New York person? Or do you feel like a Jersey guy? Are you at this point just like a no lands man and you're like, I'm fucking everything and everyone and I kind of belong to wherever I am right now? I feel very much Puerto Rican. When I say I have family in Jersey, it's a very small family. It's just my mom, my dad, my sister and two nieces and one aunt. Everyone else is in Puerto Rico. I go often. I love it. It's the most beautiful place to me. I look forward to the Puerto Rican Day Parade every year. It shapes me. It influences my work a lot too. Just this year, I was able to meet this wonderful person. Her name is Milani. And she does this event every year based around the Puerto Rican Day Parade. And she does it in Bushwick. And it's called Aquí Me Quedo. I'm here to stay. And it's a celebration of our culture. It's a celebration of we belong here too. And I think that's sort of just like a message that I always sort of send within all of my work. I can do this better than any sort of like white kid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Did you have to prove that a lot? And did it stop at some point? I feel like it's getting a little bit better now, but it really depends. I mean, you're also a person of color. I'm sure you've had to work even harder to get equal amounts of attention. And yeah, I do feel that way. I've had to work extremely, extremely hard to able to get to the place where I am today. Does it help that other people in other industries are starting to become mainstream and start to like, oh, well, he's doing it in music, so I can do it in music videos. Does does the whole industry become bigger when you see other of our types? A hundred percent. It's about seeing yourself and it's about exposure. And I think it's so extremely important because would I have ever thought that one of the biggest sort of pop stars today would have been a Puerto Rican kid is insane to me. I mean, to say, I never like to say I'm proud of something because it makes it about yourself, but it's so beautiful to see. Yeah, I am not Puerto Rican in one bit and it's beautiful to see. I went to Colombia and the top 10 songs were Bad Bunny. And then I went to Costa Rica and the top 10 songs were Bad Bunny. And I went to Mexico and the top 10 songs were Bad Bunny. I was like, holy shit. crazy. Yeah, it's bigger than anyone I've ever experienced in my lifetime, for sure. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And and just thinking about the shoot I had with him and just the photographs that I took that they made him into billboards all over the world is also insane to even think about. This is something I didn't mention before, but whenever I do get burnt out or thinking about stuff or get sad about not doing what I think I should be doing, I do sometimes think about the work that I've done. It's just like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. Do you have that sense that I'm not doing enough or I haven't done enough and I should be further along by that? Yeah, I do. I get that feeling often. And that's why I mentioned that visibility has just all of a sudden turned into 
it seems to somehow equate to success because it can get a little hard watching, you know. Everyone succeed all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> Do you think people are trying to make work faster because of the visibility? I think people are just trying to make work faster in general. Is that good or bad? I'm not too sure. I don't even know if it's my place to say good or bad. It just is. And it's just mm. the place that we live in today. I mean, I mentioned my box background. I not only worked at box, I also worked at complex. Right. Um, and I worked at billboard as well. And just even within these companies, like you think about a brainstorm session, you're always sort of tasked with thinking of like 10 different new ideas constantly. And that is not a sustainable way to yeah. create work that matters or create work that's important or work that's important to you. Just because you don't get to think about the depth at all Ex of any exactly. idea. You're just spraying wide and saying, here's 10 ideas I haven't really thought through. A hundred percent. It seemed like that environment wasn't entirely for you coming up with 10 ideas every day. Was it or was it not? Or was it just the best thing for that time? And now this is the best thing for this time. Exactly. It was the best thing for that time. Like I really sort of just trust the path that I've been on and the things that I've done. I have met the most incredible artists working at these mm. places. Like that is how I met Jay Balvin. That is how I met Rosalia. Through meeting Rosalia, she introduced me to her partner, Rao, which is why I did his music videos. Like it's all within the sort of plan. That's mm. also how I met Nati Peluso, who's this other artist. That's She's right. Argentinian, lived in Spain. She's also incredibly talented. But yeah, I've met a lot of the artists that I'm friends with to this day through these places. So I'm thankful for that. Because it did introduce me to these people and it did allow me to create the work that I make today. What about work style? Is anything influenced from that world that you distinctly see? Yeah, I mean, and just remembering like my time at Vox, like I was so junior there. So I was always sort of just admiring the people that were making like, I don't know if you know, The Verge, like the people at The yeah. Verge were making like the coolest stuff. It was just great to see other people make good work because you get to see it and you're inspired by it as well. And that was always sort of the case in any sort of work environment that I was in. Within the complex landscape, I had two other great directors that created beautiful work as well. One of them was Spencer and one was Lucy who creates even more beautiful work now as well. And yeah, and with Billboard, that was a wonderful experience. I was there for like three years. I got to work with a very close friend whose name is Dana. She's the chief branding officer there now, learning how to run a meeting, like I grew up a very shy kid. I am in filmmaking because I was so shy. I would make films so that I wouldn't have to talk. Mm. When I was in high school, I, would, my, I had a, lap, a Mac laptop and I would make films and I would create a presentation so that I wouldn't have to get up in front of the class and talk. And that sort of would lead to like, oh, maybe yeah. I can do this. Then I thought, oh no, I need to do a job that makes sense. So I thought, oh, I could be an architect. I love houses. I love design. I did an architecture internship in the city. That was my first internship. I hated it. I hated every single day and said, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> and then I thought, what else are my interests? What else do I like? And then I thought back to the times I would make those movies and to the times yeah. I was able to express myself without having to sort of speak and having other things speak for me. And I think that's sort of something that I always think about, right? And now I've become so much less shy. And through my time at Billboard, actually, I was able to sort of present to so many different people and go through the rounds of this is my idea and this is why I do this. And this is why I'm making a certain decision. It allowed me to be better. 
That's amazing, man. You're such an inspiration to so many people because I feel like a lot of people, especially starting out, they feel like any commercial career, like an assistant editor at Vox or all the places that you're mentioning, seems like, no, I don't want to start there. I want to just, I want to make the Disney movie right now. And I also see that as in like, I don't want to put things on to your story, but I'll just say personally, a lot of people that either didn't grow up here or have like families that didn't grow up here or went from here. They don't have that. Oh, you, I need to start at, at the Disney law thing. Yeah. It's like, I'll start and I'll work through. I like that you said I wanted to get a real job that made sense. <laughs> is that from your family or is that just like yourself? You're like, man, I got to. Yeah. Make I mean, I feel like up until a year ago, my mother never still didn't understand what I did. She was always, yeah. I, I would always ask her, mom, how, what are you saying to people that I do? Yeah. And just now when I told her I was doing Bad Bunny, she was over the moon. She's like, what? That's incredible. Like, now yeah. she sort of gets it. Yeah. But, you know, you grow up with, oh, I have to do a certain thing to be able to succeed. My mother came here with nothing. She yeah. left Puerto Rico. She came here and built a life for herself and built a life for me. I was very lucky. I grew up well. I never needed anything. And it's all because of her and because of the hard work that she's put in. And for people that have done that, I do think that when they think of a creative career, it's not even like a thought that they have. They grew up watching movies, never knowing that that could be you in it or who makes it. Why do you think I, so? I, I'm not too sure. I mean, I think now it's sort of changing. Is it because the visibility thing you said, like you just don't see yourself in there? Yeah, I think so. And I think now more than ever, things are changing. It's going in sort of like the right direction. People that are making things like obviously there's still things that aren't perfect, within the landscape of this business. But, you know, the people making it and the people that are in it, you're seeing yourself more and more in it. It's wild. You can see yourself more in it and it somehow feels less risky as well because I think that's every immigrant parent's nightmare, right? Hey, you're going to throw this shit that I risked my life for away just because you have this idea that you want to tell stories. But at the same time, the world seems more open to different types of stories like Bad Bunny singing about how his phone call with his aunt and telling her that he has a lot of girlfriends is like a story I've never heard before, you know? And now we can make a song about it and I can sing it in the club. And I know like, you know, it, it's it's just we've never been open to that story. And it feels like, oh, people maybe want to hear mine too. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to our producers, Erica Grubman and Salil Dotson. And lastly, everyone at Moja Supermarket, both agency and studio side. See you next time. Lost and Found is produced by Mojo Supermarket. Subscribe to the feed to get new episodes every other Tuesday and listen wherever you get your podcasts.